please welcome Pastor Dave Ogren. Thanks. Well, good morning, everybody. It is uh, wonderful to be back to Calvary Gospel Assembly. Always, always enjoy coming back. And uh, greetings from Colleen. She had she had COVID uh, a couple months back. Was in the hospital, but is doing much, much better. Very grateful for that. And uh, I got it too, but it was over over quick for me. So, um, yeah. So what? What you just saw is happening right now. We're, we're doing this media evangelism cam campaign in Ukraine right now. And most of you have seen on the news uh, all the stuff that's going on uh, in, in Ukraine. Uh, there's about 175,000 troops on, uh, on the border uh, between Ukraine and Russia right now. And, and Putin in Russia is threatening war. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But we're just very, very grateful that, that uh, in the midst of this huge turmoil that's happening, that we um, have been able to go in before war would start and actually do a media campaign that's, that's reaching millions of people in that region uh, about, um, uh, about 400 miles. Uh, uh, there are different cities that, that we're reaching out to at the same time. And uh, you're a part of it, <laughs> whether you know that or not. Uh, you give to our ministry, and I just appreciate that, and and honored that you would support our ministry. So thank you so much. I, I got a, a few newsletters in the back. Feel free to take one of each if you would like. Uh, since you're supporting church, if you don't get our newsletter, uh, feel free to sign up. I'd love to have you just receive it so that you can keep track of kind of what we're doing around the world. And uh, most of you know that we do the media campaigns, but we also do satellite broadcasting into the Middle East uh, every day. Um, so we do about a thousand programs a year in, in Arabic and Farsi and Amharic, which is the language of Ethiopia, uh, Somalian and, and uh, Tajik as well. And uh, it's all done out of our stu studios in Finland. And these are all uplinked to 18 satellite networks. Uh, we're literally getting uh, anywhere between three to 400,000 responses a month from the Middle East, from Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, all over the Middle East. And uh, we have full-time offices in Egypt with 16 full-time workers. Uh, the U.S. side of the ministry pays for those 16 workers and for the office in Egypt. And uh, uh, they are responsible for follow-up. And, and they, they actually have contacts all throughout the Middle East. And so someone contacts them from Saudi Arabia. We have contacts in Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, all over the Middle East. So um, they work very hard every day, every day um, in our office complex in Egypt. And so very grateful for them and for the work they're doing. So we, we do the media campaigns. We're, uh, Ukraine is the first one since COVID. So we're very grateful to, to be starting up. The next one will be in Mongolia. And uh, uh, Olin uh, Batar, Mongolia, and then following that, we'll, we'll be doing a national campaign to Thailand, probably the largest campaign we've ever done. So uh, appreciate your prayer for our ministry and what we're doing all over the world. And again, thank you for 
for being a part of, of what we're doing. All right, Jonah chapter 1 this morning. Jonah chapter 1 and uh, first three verses of Jonah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Father, I just thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for this church. I thank you um, for, for Pastor David and his family. For Jackie, Lord, I just pray your blessing upon them and their ministry here. Thank you for this church. Thank you, God, for, for the wonderful memories we have of being a part of Calvary Gospel Assembly way back 79 to 87. And I just pray your continued blessing upon this church in a very special way. We pray that this year of 2022 would be a year of ingathering, a year of harvest, a year of many people's lives being transformed, people coming to Christ. God, may it be so in the name of Jesus. We just pray for that. We pray for wisdom, for direction, for guidance. I pray, God, for strength. Thank you, God, for, uh, for your, your touch in Pastor David's life, Jackie's life, many others as well. Lord, during this year of COVID, including my wife, Colleen, grateful, God, for, for, your, for, for your grace and your mercy. We just give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Jonah chapter 1. Um, <clears throat> Jonah was written more than likely by Jonah uh, somewhere in 785 to 760 B.C. Uh, the name Jonah means dove. He was the son of Amittai. He was from a small village uh, three miles from Nazareth called Gath Hefer. Um, his tomb is still in that region. Uh, many agree that Jonah attended the school of the prophets under Elisha. And, and upon graduation from the school of the prophets, uh, Jonah achieved great national fame in Israel by predicting that Jeroboam II, who was uh, the son of Joash, would be victorious in a war against Syria. How many knew that? Anybody know that? All right. All right. You think, where, Ogren, where in the world did you get that? All right. 2 Kings uh, chapter, uh, chapter 14, 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 23. And it says, In the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, became king in, in Samaria and reigned 41 years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. He restored the border of Israel from the entrance of Hamath as far as the sea of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord. According to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which God spoke, through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was of Gath-Hefer. All right, so, so Jonah is this young prophet who predicts this tremendous victory over the nation of Syria. It actually happened in 793 B.C. Jonah overnight becomes this 
popular young prophet who brought a positive patriotic message um, <clears throat> that actually was fulfilled. All right? And, 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 and so all of a sudden, uh, Israel is in this new season of prosperity. Land is recovered to Solomon's kingdom proportions. Israel had never been larger than it was at this point. And, and commerce expands. International trade flourishes. Syria serves as a buffer between Israel and Assyria that was the world empire of that day. And Jonah stands in the limelight of all that, all right, as this young prophet. Uh, but at the same time, Joel uh, uh, has already warned Israel that destruction is coming to them unless they turn back to God. And soon his warning is joined by, by, by other prophets in order, Amos, Hosea, Micah, and Isaiah all began to prophesy that if Israel did not turn back to God, judgment was, would come to them. Unfortunately, Israel did not listen. We know that, obviously, historically. But right now, at this point, uh, Jonah and, and Israel is living in the glow of victory. And it possibly goes on for about five years. And one day, uh, Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 happens. One day, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Now, this, again, is, is at least the second time that the word of the Lord came to him. And I'm sure when the word of the Lord came to him, he was excited. <laughs> he wondered, you know, oh, good, another word from God and another positive word for Israel, and, and God's going to use me again in a, in a wonderful way. Um, but first, a question. How, how, how did God speak to Jonah? How did God speak to Jonah? Well, we don't know because the scripture doesn't tell us specifically how God spoke to Jonah. But we do know this, that God spoke to Jonah in a way that Jonah understood. All right? And I can guarantee you, how many know that God is bigger than you? Smarter than you? He knows how to communicate to you. He knows how to speak to you in a way that you will know the voice of God. So this year of 2022, I believe that you will hear the voice of God if you will have an ear to hear. If you will have an ear to hear, God will speak to you in a way that you will understand. How many would like to hear the voice of God this year? Amen. So, so me too. So, so uh, it seems that more than likely God spoke to Jonah audibly. That's the way it seems. Now, there's... A lot of historical reference concerning God speaking uh, audibly to people. Genesis 1, 2, and 3, uh, Adam and Eve going all the way back, back to the beginning. Very clear that God said to them, that God spoke to them very clearly. The same thing for Noah, the same thing for, for Abram in, 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 in Genesis chapter 12. Moses, obviously, God speaks to him out of the burning bush. And of course, Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3, as, as a young boy. Isn't it wonderful that God doesn't just speak to, to, to old, old duffers like me, you know, but God, God speaks to young people. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. And, and, and so no matter how old people are, God can speak to you in a way that you will understand. So God's more than likely spoke audibly to Jonah. But God has, has, has spoken in many different ways. For Mary, the mother of Jesus, Luke chapter 1, we see that, that um, 
that that she is visited by the angel Gabriel. Let me let me ask first of all, is there anybody here that could say, I have heard the audible voice of God? Anybody? Okay. All right. Some of you. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Because God does still speak in a way uh, where where it's either audible or it's it feels audible. <laughs> If it's not, it feels like it's it's the audible voice of God. We're so clear that God speaks. Now, God also speaks, as, as I just mentioned, um, through angels. How many know that, that the angelic realm is, is right here this morning? You can wave at them. They're here right with us, you know. Uh, we don't see angels very often. Um, uh, anybody ever see an angel? Anybody? Oh, look at that. Yeah. Some of you have actually seen an angel. That's a wonderful, wonderful reality. I don't think I have. I think we've all experienced an angel, obviously, many times in protection. Um, but, but, but angelic visitations still happen. Uh, third way that God speaks, of course, is through dreams. Throughout the Middle East today, God is speaking primarily through dreams to people in, in the Islamic world. Why? Because they theologically believe in the power of dreams as Muslims. And so Jesus comes and reveals himself over and over. Hundreds, thousands of people has had, have had dream encounters with Jesus. And our ministry, because of our satellite broadcasting in the Middle East, are regularly hearing people who are having dream encounters with Jesus. So, so that's another way that God speaks. Now, some of us went out for pizza last night, and you may have had a pizza dream last night. I, I, I think I kind of did last night. <laughs> Probably a little bit too much pizza. But, but anyhow, um, uh, we, we had a great time. But, but, but there are times where dreams are very clearly. I, I, I have a whole group of people that I pray for on a daily basis. And one of the things I pray for them, these are, many of them are, are children of pastors who are now far from God. And one of the things I do pray for them is that God would speak to them in dreams. Because God is doing that yet today. And so God speaks through dreams. Now, uh, the fourth way that God speaks is, is obviously through the Word of God. Romans chapter 10 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes from the Word of Christ. And so you can hear the voice of God every day by the Word of God. Every day you can hear God's voice. And it's wonderful how that God speaks to us through his word, 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, All scripture is breathed out by God. Hebrews chapter 4, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And, and there's this reality of the word of God speaking powerfully the voice of God to us. God speaks to us. Number five, there's many different ways God speaks to us. So, so God, God speaks to us. Through Jesus himself, Hebrews chapter 1, he has spoken to us in the past by his prophets, but now he has spoken to, to us by his son. Jesus wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you on a regular basis. In fact, John chapter 10, it, it says to, to us that my sheep, what? Hear my, what? Voice. My sheep hear my voice. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I will come to them and fellowship with them. I wonder how many times we have missed the voice of Jesus because of distraction. Huh? 
we are distracted by media, you know, our phones, you know, uh, television, all, all kinds of stuff distract us. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we will miss hearing the voice of God, the voice of Jesus, the voice of the Holy Spirit. In fact, Revelation 2 and 3, over and over and over again, it says, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I already asked you how many want to hear the voice of God. We, we do want to hear God's voice. But to hear God's voice, you've got to get quiet. You know, some of us are, are uh, getting nervous when it gets quiet. I encourage you to spend some time. You know, we all have our shopping list spiritually, huh? We have the things that we're praying for. How many, how many have a list of things you're praying for on a regular basis? Probably all of us have that, and, and, and we should have that. But prayer is not only you speaking to God. But prayer is also giving time for God to speak to you. How many times I think that we have been praying and we've, we've interceded and we've brought things to God and we've, we've we said, Lord, help this person and that person and guide us and direct us and open doors and do this and do that. And then we say amen and, we're, and, and Jesus is saying, wait, I want to talk to you for a while. I got some stuff I want to communicate with you. So I want to encourage you this morning, have an ear to hear the voice of God. In this new year of 2022, that you would listen, that you would not only speak to God, but that you would give time to listen to the voice of God and so that you could hear what God is saying. So God spoke to Jonah, all right? And, and, and what God spoke to Jonah, uh, very interesting enough, it wasn't, it was kind of shocking, actually, <laughs> when God spoke to Jonah. He wasn't expecting this word that God was going to speak to him. And what was the word? Arise and go to Nineveh. Arise and go to Nineveh. Um, really? You know, it's kind of like, you've got to be kidding me. You want me to go to Nineveh? Nineveh was one of the four cities that was built by Nimrod. Nimrod was Noah's great-great-grandson. Okay, Genesis chapter 10, there's a list of cities that Nimrod built. And one of them was the city of Nineveh. All right? So this is a very, very old city. In fact, the closest thing that we can determine is that it was, it was, probably, it was probably 1,800 years before Christ that the city of Nineveh was built. So, so actually, in, in, in Jonah's day, it was already a city that was 1,000 years old. So this... Even in Jonah's day, Nineveh was a very, very, very old city. It was one of the largest, most ancient cities of the, of the ancient world. It was the capital of what was right then, the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire didn't last for a short time. It was a long time, from 885 to 665 B.C., okay? So, so over, over 200 years, 220 years, uh, the Assyrian Empire basically ruled the world. Nineveh was a large city. It, it was 50 miles, spanned 50 miles across. It had this huge wall that surrounded, 30 feet tall wall, uh, uh, thick enough so that three chariots could race across the top of it. Um, so so th this was an amazing, amazing city. But Israel lived under the shadow of Assyria's 
threatened annihilation. And literally 40 years later, in 722 B.C., Assyria actually came and, and defeated Israel as a nation. So it actually happened. And they were a feared uh, world empire. Assyria was a feared world empire. They were brutal. Many cities, listen, many cities actually chose suicide to surrender to the, to, to the Assyrian Empire because it was, it was so brutal. They would, they would take sharp stakes and ram them through, through people's bodies while they were still alive and, and, and fillet them alive. They would cut off their lips and ears and hands and tongues. They would, they would cause parents to, to literally watch their children being buried alive. So, I, I mean, the closest thing for us today to them would probably be the Taliban um, in Afghanistan. It's a horrible, horrible place. Horrible, horrible, evil people. And God said to Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And I'm sure in Jonah's heart, he was thinking, God, I must be hearing wrong anywhere but Nineveh. Anywhere but Nineveh. You want me to call out a warning to them? You want me to sound the trumpet? You want me to, 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 to urge them to repent? I don't want to do that. I want the fire of God to fall upon them. I want the judgment of God to fall upon this nation. I don't want them to repent. There's an old chorus that uh, we used to sing. It probably started out as a, as a, as a spiritual, and, and it, it, it's very simple. It says, I'll say yes, yes, yes. I'll say yes, yes, yes. I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes, yes, yes. That's it. Pretty simple course. Well, it's easy to say yes when God is saying, I'm going to bless you. I'm, I'm going to provide for you. I'm, I'm going to give you a wonderful new job. I'm going to meet all your needs. I'm going to, I'm going to send you someplace that you would love to go. Right? But how many know, as also in the life of Jonah, there are times that God calls us to something difficult. And it's hard to say yes when everything inside of you is saying, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go the way that God you want me to go. I don't want to be obedient to you. I, I don't want to say yes to you. That's exactly what was happening to Jonah in this context. He didn't want to respond to the voice of God at all in this, in this situation. And, 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 so, and so what does Jonah do? He rises, the scripture says in, in, in verse 3, so Jonah arose to flee from the presence of the Lord. You know what the word flee there means? It means to run like you are being chased. And so he takes off for the city of Joppa. All right? And, and, and it's, it's 35 miles away from Jerusalem. And uh, so, so he must have been a distance runner. So he, he, he runs all the way to Joppa. And, and, and it's on the sea coast, it's on the Mediterranean Sea, and he's going there to, uh, to, to look for a ship uh, to flee from the presence of God. Now, it's interesting that Joppa is the same city that many, many, many years later, God confronts Peter with his prejudice 
and his resistance to bringing the gospel to the Gentile world. Okay? And, and, and so here, all these years later, this other guy, Jonah, is going to Joppa, resisting the call of God, prejudice against the Assyrian nation. For good reason, obviously. But prejudice nonetheless. How many know, know that we all have a little prejudice? Which is your bias. It comes from where you, how you were raised. Uh, Jeff and I were talking about it last night. How, how many of you, how many of you like Ludafisk? Any, anybody? Oh, I'm so sorry, sister. <laughs> I've tried it every way possible, and I am definitely prejudiced against Ludafisk. How many are prejudiced against Ludafisk? Yeah, I, I see your head. <laughs> All right, so, you know, so, so all of us have a little bit of prejudice in us. Let, let me, this, some of you know my humor is a little bit distorted. Um, but anyhow, so this is not a true story, but, um, but I like it anyhow. I was walking across the bridge one day, and I saw a man standing on the edge about to jump off, so I ran over and said, stop, don't do it. There's so much to live for. He said, like what? Now, this guy's about ready to jump off a bridge. I said, well, are you religious or atheist? He said, religious. I said, me too. Are you Christian or Buddhist? He said, Christian. I said, me too. Are you Catholic or Protestant? He said, Protestant. I said, me too. Are you Episcopalian or, or Baptist? He said, Baptist. I said, wow, me too. Are you Baptist Church of God or Baptist Church of the Lord? He said, Baptist Church of God. I said, me too. Are you original Baptist Church of God or Reformed Baptist Church of God? He said, Reformed Baptist Church of God. I said, me too. Are you Reformed Baptist Church of God, Reformation of 1879, or Reformed Baptist Church of God, Reformation of 1915? He said, Reformed Baptist Church of God, Reformation of 1915. So I said, die heretic scum, and I pushed him off the bridge. <laughs> All right, there you go. Prejudice. All right. All right, it's, it's, as, it's as natural as breathing. Have you ever struggled with doing what God wanted you to do? Have you ever struggled knowing this is what God wants, but I don't want to do that. I want to do this. If you, if you haven't yet in 2022, because <laughs> it's so early on, you probably will experience this year a number of times where you will have choices to make that have to do with doing what you know God wants you to do and doing what you want to do. It may have to do with relationships. It may have to do with business. It may, may have to do with personal decisions. But, but each and every one of us face a Jonah experience where God speaks to us and he says, I want you to do this, but you say, no, no, God, I, you know, I rebuke that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do what I want to do. And that's exactly what happened to Jonah. So, Jonah has an itinerary choice. He, want, he doesn't want to go to Nineveh. He wants to go to Tarshish. Now, Tarshish was just in the opposite direction from Nineveh. Nineveh was 500 miles northeast of Israel, whereas Tarshish was 2,000 miles in the opposite direction probably in what we know to be Spain today. Eugene Peterson, who's now with the Lord, a great Christian writer, this is what he said in his book on, uh, on the life of Jonah. Why Tarshish? Exotic, exciting, 
an adventure. Solomon's fleets went there for gold and ivory and monkeys and peacocks. In Tarshish, you could have a religious career without having to deal with God. I like that quote. I'm choosing this. God, you want me to do this, but no, I want to go to Tarshish. I want to do this. How many can honestly say, you've struggled sometimes with doing the will of God? Huh? Anybody here? Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. I, I, I think we all have, at times, struggled with being obedient to God when everything in our flesh says, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. So, that was his choice. So, the scripture is clear that, that Jonah is trying to do a stupid thing. He's trying to flee from God himself. So, he goes to Joppa. And what do you know? There is a ship there going, of all places, to Tarshish. This must be confirmation. Right? This must be what God wants me to do because, I mean, there are positive, confirmational circumstances that are saying this could very well be what God wants me to do. How many know that positive circumstances are, are deception if they contradict the will and the word of God? If what you want to do contradicts God's word, I don't care how many confirmations you get, it isn't what God wants you to do. And so there is a ship ready to go to Tarshish. And uh, what, does God, what does God do to Jonah? Does he say good riddance? Have a good trip? I'm done with you. I'm finished with you. You're gone. No problem. I'll get somebody else. No. He lovingly pursues Jonah. Jonah's rebellion is more than matched by the power of God. So if you think you can be rebellious against God and be successful in doing that, like you got another thing coming. Your rebellion will be more than matched by the power of God. To fulfill his rebellion, he would have to climb over the mountains of God's mercy, which in this case included a hurricane. Okay? Now, each and every one of us in our lives have people that are trying to run from God, that are going the opposite direction than God wants them to go. And I want to encourage you today, you keep praying for them. You keep believing God for them. You keep hanging on to the promise of God. You, you, keep, you, you, you keep knocking on the door of heaven for their lives. Amen? How many, how many today have somebody in your life that you can say, I've got, I've got a friend, I've got a loved one, I've got a son, daughter, friend, parents, whoever it may be, but they are far from God today, and I'm believing God that they're going to come back to Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's, let's just pray for them right now, okay? All right? All right? I want you to do something. All together, out loud, in one voice,
at, at the count of three, I just want you to say their name right out loud. Can you do that? All right, you ready? One, two, three. Do it again. One, two, three. Lord, I'm thankful this morning that you've heard us as we lifted names to you, myself as well, people that are close to us, that desperately need you. We pray that you would open their eyes, God. We pray that you would turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. We pray, God, that whatever it takes, even if it's a hurricane, even if it's a Jonah experience, God, whatever it takes, we pray that they would come to you. We pray that you would move upon them by your Holy Spirit, that you would convince them of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would draw them. We know that no one comes to God unless you draw them. We pray that their names would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that they would be saved and not lost. We pray that you would move upon them even this day by the power of your Spirit. We commit them to you in Jesus' name. And we thank you for hearing us today as we have prayed in faith believing. And we will continue to pray until we see them come back to you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm almost done, and everybody said amen that, to that as well. All right, so here's this huge hurricane, and uh, the poor, kind sailors don't know what's going on. They're trying to figure out what to do. And, and, and by the way, uh, our stupid decisions impact other people. Huh? Are you hearing me? <laughs> when, when we choose to contradict the Word of God and the will of God, it doesn't just impact us. It often impacts many, many, many other people's lives. And that's what we see happening here. And so they're, they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on. They finally find Jonah down in the, in the very bottom of the ship, and he's down there sleeping. And they wake him up, and they say what's going on. And, and we've, we're in the middle of this huge storm. And it must have been that God spoke to Jonah at that very moment. Because Jonah said something that you wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, anybody in their right mind would not say. What did Jonah say? Jonah said, throw me overboard and the storm will be over. Now, how many think that makes sense? It makes no sense at all. But, but, but that's exactly because, because I believe with all my heart, Jonah spoke, God spoke to Jonah again and said, if you want this to change, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to be willing to pay the price and sacrifice your own life for all these sailors. And so they tried everything else, nothing works, and they finally, you know, they finally, one, two, three, and they throw Jonah overboard and plop, he ends up in the water, and the storm is over. And there's probably a great white whale or some kind of big fish that swallows Jonah up. And Jonah is in the belly of this whale or fish for three days. It's 98.6 degrees. He's probably up to here with uh, wonderful stuff, right? You can only imagine. All right, gastric juices, seaweed, dead fish, you name it, all right? 
And, 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 and I love in chapter 2 that, that, that Jonah says in the first person, when my life was fainting, I remembered the Lord. Well, I would hope so, Jonah. <laughs> I'm surprised it took that long. But when my life was fainting, I remembered the Lord. What, why didn't God get, get somebody else? Because he was not only concerned about Nineveh, he was concerned about Nineveh. He was concerned about the people in the Assyrian Empire. But he was also concerned about the individual. He was concerned about Jonah. And I'm, I, I'm so glad that God isn't just concerned about the big picture and, and the millions of people all over the world, but he's concerned about you. Your life. Your direction. The way you're going. It happened to me. I was living a double life. I, 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 was, I was going to church, but I was living a double life. I was going to church, but living my own, my own life. And, and I happened to be in church in Seattle, Philadelphia Church, on a Sunday night. We're sitting in the balcony, and a bunch of us guys had cars, and we were going out afterwards and doing our own thing. And I wasn't paying attention to the service. I was just waiting for the service to get over so we'd go out and do what we were going to do that night. And the altar call was given, and I was not listening to the altar call. I didn't care about the altar call. I wasn't there for, to hear from God. But all of a sudden, God spoke to me. As clearly as I'm sitting here, it's one of the few times in my life I can honestly say I heard the audible voice of God. And God said to me, Dave, you have a decision to make tonight. You either decide that you're going to live for me and serve me, or I want you to walk out those doors and don't come back. It scared me because I knew it was the voice of God. And that night I recommitted my life to Christ. And uh, God has been merciful in my life. I've made a lot of stupid decisions in my life just like you have. But God's been with me and I've been with him ever since then. But God was interested not only in lots of other people, but he was interested in Dave Ogren at that point. And God's interested in your life. And God's interested in my life still. And I just pray that this year of 2022, you will choose to follow God. You will choose to do what God wants you to do. Even if it's hard. Even if it means sacrifice. Even if it means giving up something that you so desperately want. So I'm just going to have you bow your heads as I close. Father, I thank you for your presence this morning here. And I thank you, Lord, for your love for us as your people. And I pray this morning in the name of Jesus. that you will move upon the hearts of anyone here today who's in the valley of decision, who knows what you want them to do, who knows what the will of God is, but is struggling with it. I pray that today they would say, I'll say yes. I'll say yes. I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes, Lord. 
I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to have you stand. I'm not going to do any of that this morning. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you're, you've been struggling doing what God wants you to do, but this morning you are saying, God, I need your help, but I will, I will do your will. I will go where you want me to go. I will make the decisions you want me to make. I will be obedient to you and your word. If, if, if you are saying that in your heart, just, just raise your hand to the Lord and saying, God, yes, amen, amen. Others, yes, praise God. Yes, praise God. Yes, praise God. Yes. I, I know, I know, yes, I see your hand. I, I know that it's not easy. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know it's painful sometimes, sacrificial to say, I will do the will of God. <laughs> but in the end, oh, how wonderful it is to obey God, to do what he wants us to do, to go where he wants us to go, to live in the way he wants us to live. May you hear God's voice. And then may you say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So, Lord, we just commit our lives to you this year. I pray, God, at every, at every, every, every crossroad, every fork in the road, help us to go the way you want us to go. Help us to make the decisions you want us to make. Help us to be obedient to you. Help us to hear your voice and then say yes to what you want us to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I want you to know, none of us get beyond this. You know that? None of us. I, you know, this month I'll be 73. doesn't make any difference. At every point in our life, we make decisions. Colleen and I, this week, had some decisions to make. And I believe that God is helping us to make the right decision. It was a hard decision. It's a hard decision. It would have been easy to go the other direction. But we really felt like God was saying, this is what I want you to do. Will you do that? Will you do what God wants you to do? Even if it's difficult, even if it's painful, be obedient to God. You will never regret it in the end. God bless you.